So where have we been for 2023? Not in the recording studio. No. <laughs> 2023 has been, you know, every year has its like roller coaster moments. I don't know that I would consider this like a roller coaster as much as like, what is that ride that like spins you in circles while yeah. also taking you like up, up and down until you want to vomit everywhere? Yeah. Like the, t- is it tilt a world or whirl. something? I feel like that's 2023. Like I'm, I might be laughing one minute and like wanting to vomit the next minute. Yeah. There is a, so like we left recording the last time we started releasing those episodes and then, uh, like you had health stuff, your husband mm-hmm. had health stuff, I had health stuff. Like we all just kind of, I mean, I guess we're just mm-hmm. all getting old. And so this is what yeah. happens. Well, my f- husband figured out that at his age, maybe paintballing with 11-year-olds is not a good idea. So I mean, in his in his head, though, and in his heart, he's still 11. Yes. Yes, he is. However, we he learned the hard way that his body is not. Yeah. So that was super fun. And our insurance industry I, I saw in you. America I, is the most insanely stupid system ever. <laughs> I mean, we spent one hour in the ER and I've gotten bills from like five providers. Mm-hmm. And they still build $3,000 to insurance. So I'm like, if I'm paying the x-ray separate, the sling separate, the doctor separate, and there was something else separate, what the hell am I paying the ER for? Like, yeah. for walking in those the, doors, like, walked in, sorry, now we're going to build the ever-loving crap out of you? Like, yeah, what is that? Yeah, and it, it just, I mean... The amount that you're charged for stuff, I mean, after my sister-in-law had, and she works in the medical field, like she knows, but mm-hmm. like, you know, um, after she had her last child, she was like looking at the, like the explanation of benefits and just yeah. looking at like, you know, and she's like, and I know that they're doing it, but like, you don't think about it while you're there. Like, you know, they scan your, they scan your thing and then you, you get whatever medication or whatever. And, you know, it's like Tylenol and ibuprofen after you have yeah. the kid. An $80 she, Tylenol. Yes. Like, oh. And she's like, I could have brought that from home. Like, I could buy a whole Sam-sized mm-hmm. bottle of Tylenol for yeah. $14. <laughs> right. But it's because it was through the hospital. But I did learn of some website that was – I have to, like, look it up. It's like Fair Market or something for Is things. it Mark Cuban's? No, it's not Mark Cuban's. It's somebody oh. else's. And his is specifically for drugs. But this is for all, like, anything that they do in, like, the medical world. And so, like, you can – dispute the mm-hmm. charges and stuff and get your copay brought down and stuff just because it's insane to me that well like that what they when charge. you have a baby if you go in and you bring your own pack of diapers will they allow that like I you're like okay answer to that here's the diapers i want to use when the baby's born this is the blanket this is all the things so i don't want you charging me for wipes or diapers or the swaddling blanket or the blue and pink knit cap that every infant in the world goes home with. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever, I don't, I don't think I've ever thought of that. Or like bring your own Tylenol. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like they check your bag, so I guess you could, but, and then when they say, hey, do you want Tylenol? 
whatever they call it, narco or whatever. Yeah. Just say no. Yeah, just get it out of my bag over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it time? I'm handling this on my own. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's insane. I don't know. I just think it's it's the most ridiculous system. And like when you go through your bills as a business owner or, you know, anybody that's like 1099 or in real estate or just lifing in general, living, and you see that like 30% of your monthly expenses are going towards various kinds of insurance. So between health insurance, life insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance, you know, insurance, like boat insurance, Bronco insurance, like everything. I'm like insured to death and I'm spending <laughs> and like, beyond. Yeah. So much money a year on if something happens and I'm like, and then when it does, they're like, oh yeah, but your insurance doesn't cover that. I'm like, what the hell yeah, does it well, cover? Yeah. Exactly. What can I do to myself that my health insurance will actually cover? Yeah. I would just like to know. Yeah. Because, well, on the just, whole, like deductible and then max out of pocket, and then then we'll cover you at this percentage, mm-hmm. like, and it all changes and all this other stuff. I'm like, it just to me, I'm just it's in it's pure insanity, and the fact that there's just it's there seems to be no regulation on it whatsoever. It's just insane. No, I I'm just I'm over it. I'm. I'm officially old, I've decided, because now I'm I'm complaining about stuff like that. Like, you know. You, like, actually look at your explanation of benefits. You're like, this is this is me now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what that was till like, 10 years ago. <laughs> explanation yeah. of benefits. I just expected to pay my $25 when I went yeah. to the doctor or whatever. Yep. And now I'm, like, that girl that's frustrated at the pharmacy when they're like, well, we filled it with the generic. I'm like, I can't even get the, like— real stuff my doctor wrote for. I mean, like, my insurance doesn't even cover, like, the bougie one. Yeah. I got to get, like, the generic whatever it is. I mean, you know, which isn't a big deal. But, like, what the hell does it cover? (laughs) Like, I just wish that, like, instead of the 40-page binder they send you when you're signing up for insurance, they would just say, yeah, you break your leg. We're really not going to cover much of that. Like, sorry, you're pretty much going to have to heal together on your own at this point. Because you know how to cast. Yeah, just hobble around. You only need one leg, really. I mean. And he did not need surgery, right? Even if he did, he was so frustrated by the entire medical. There was no way he would. No. He didn't even wear his sling for more than like 48 hours. And then he'll come in and he'll be like in full pitcher mode, like rotating his shoulder. He's like, it doesn't hurt as bad today. And I'm like, and then the next day after he's like swinging around like a wild person, he's like, yeah, I'm kind of sore. I'm like wonder why like <laughs> couldn't didn't could see it, that didn't see that coming yeah I mean, couldn't like, couldn't be the fact that you didn't you know take care of yourself it's fine i don't know i think that's just a man thing like oh yeah just it's like asking for directions like god forbid somebody tell me how mm-hmm. to do something because i'm a hundred percent not gonna do that like yeah not happening speaking of asking for directions <laughs> so i am like i hate siri okay <laughs> me and siri have beef because it doesn't matter what I say, how clearly I say it, how much I how much I enunciate, Siri is not gonna understand what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and so the other night we get ready to go to an event, and I'm driving and I tell Clint, you know, log in the directions to where we're going. I had a general idea. He uses Siri. We take a 45 minute route around where we needed to be. 
Because instead of hearing 1680, Siri heard 16280. Oh, just making up roads. Just making up addresses. So we were going from like the literal 16 to the literal 18. Like she was taking us just to a range of addresses. I'm like, this is this is wonderful. Yeah. But and you know how hard it is to like not do the this is why I tell you to actually input it with your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like I told you so moments. Yeah. I've had a few of those lately and it's really getting difficult to bite my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like nodding and smiling and like pick and choose your battles. Pick and choose your battles. Yeah. It's like I just have that uh and I'm not a Taylor Swift like fanatic, but that karma song. I just kind of have that replaying in my head sometimes. I'm like, okay, That's, you do you. Yeah. You just, we'll, we'll, we'll round back to this later. Circle back. Yeah. Circle back to that. Yeah. At your, at your end review, we will review this moment. I'm afraid of what this year's year-end review is going to look like. Like the real estate market is crazy. Like up and down and and Biden's penalizing mortgage borrowers now and like especially on second homes i mean i was just talking to some i was just talking to a lender on the way here because i was checking on the file and she was telling me and she sent me this chart basically if you're doing well and you have a good credit score and you have the 20 percent down you're being penalized more than the person that has like the 650 credit score and has less down. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? How does that make sense? Like, uh, they're yeah. just deter- they're trying to deter people from investing, is really what it is. But it's even on primaries. It's just insane. On anything conventional, they're having a fine. So, I I just don't I don't understand who was looking at this and like thinks that. This makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Like, let's penalize the guys who have done everything right. They've worked to build their credit. They've saved their money for a down payment. They, you know, have proven that they're financially responsible. So let's penalize that guy. Right. And give it to the ones who have proven that they don't handle money well. Right, they're bogged down no by sense. student loans. They can't afford what we're putting them in. So let's incentivize them to get the loan that eventually will foreclose in a lot of cases. Like, hello, 2008. Right. Do we not see that coming again? Right. I mean, and the thing is, like, all these politicians are like, we're going to protect our middle class. Who the hell do they think that's hitting? Yeah. <laughs> this fee on a conventional loan is not hitting your very top end. They're going to pay cash. Yeah. They're not. They're not worried about it. But your middle class borrowers are the ones who are getting hit with this. Yeah, it's it's you and me. It's mm-hmm. the people who are buying that between like two fifty and five hundred thousand dollar house, like depending on your market, right? And our general area, mm-hmm. that's your middle class. But we're getting slammed with fees, which is just makes it asinine. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky that I work with a lot of lenders that will cut their fee to make it work better for the borrower, but. How long can they do that? Because they got to feed their family too. Like you can't, and I've told my lenders that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. look, at some point at the end of the day, you still have to pay your mortgage, feed your family, like pay your electric bill. Like you can't keep cutting your lender fees to help all your clients. And I love that they have that heart, which is why part of the reason why I use them. But 
at the same time, because we all do stuff to try and make our, to make our, the deals work. But at the end of the day, it's just like, I, I mean, you can't, you can't keep mm-hmm. doing that because they're not protecting anybody. They're just harming everybody. And it's like, it's only at some level, like the richer get richer and the poor get poorer. Like it's not helping anybody. Well, and I mean, the thing is putting anybody into a home that they realistically cannot afford. Right. Is irresponsible because it's just going to hurt them more when it forecloses. Right. Do we have a housing affordability problem? Absolutely, we do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to have it because the affordable housing they're building is absolute crap. Well, like I went into one of these new neighborhoods this past week and, you know, I, I had to tell the buyer, I'm like, look, if this is a five-year play, this house barely looks like it's standing now and it's brand new. Right. I don't know that this house is going to be worth even what you're paying for it in five years because it's already falling apart. Like, so I just, I don't know. I I feel like there needs to be some logic and actual business acumen brought into some of this decision-making policy. Yeah. Because it's like they're just throwing darts at a board of random shit and saying, yeah, hit that one. That means it's a good policy. Like, it it, it has no common sense attached to it. it. I've had so many people call me this week like, what does this mean? Why am I having to pay this fee? I mean, and on a $400,000 house, that's $14,000 extra. Yeah. You know, what could that family do with $14,000? Yeah. Versus subsidizing yeah. a system that's going to bust. Yeah. I mean, I do, I mean, on two things, I mean, I do a lot of VAs and even VA, you know, they, one of the pitching points for veterans to use their VA benefit is one, obviously a 0% down, but two, that they typically get a better interest rate. But they're not, not right anymore. now. No. They're not. Like there's no. one that I just that I um that I'm working with right now and their interest rate is like 7.1 mm-hmm. and they have great credit and like they have their stuff together and they they haven't had a late payment. But that's no different than some of my other buyers that are mm-hmm. doing FHA and conventional. Like they're not the benefit isn't there. No. And so that's one thing and the second thing is is I don't know what it's been like for your area, but for my area, the appraisal district has lost their damn mind. I can't tell mm-hmm. you the amount of call. My phone has been ringing off the hook. I've had clients tell me that they were evaluated at 420 last year and the county has them at 820 this year. I'm like, how, like, mm-hmm. for what justification? And literally, the appraisal district told this one person, I won't give it to you. And I'm like, they have to. Mm-hmm. They have to provide their evidence and justification. They have yeah, to. Right. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And so he's having a problem even getting the evidence. He's like, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. And that's also what's going to price people out of homes because now you're going to make people move because they're not going to be able to afford their taxes, but then they can't afford to buy. So again, this is your middle class people Mm -hmm. that you're protecting. So how are we actually supposed to do that when when you're making us sell because we can't afford our taxes? And then- you're making us buy in a market that our equity is not helping us any. Right. Like, yeah. And I mean, on top of that, you've got their homeowner's insurance also doubling. Oh, and insurance is So, insane. you know, I mean, it, it's just creating like this perfect storm for a collapse, mm-hmm. which I hope that it doesn't. But I mean, 
you know, and I understand that Texas has to have property taxes to pay for things. But I think given kind of this artificially inflated market that we've had, that's where the state of Texas and our budget um, overage that we have should be going back to like helping level that out, you know, instead of jacking the taxes up on people who are now going to lose their home. Why don't we use some of that money that we've got just sitting that was collected already that was more than what was used to just say, okay, we need to balance out. Yeah. And to correct the the artificial part of the market, because those sales were not normal. And well, and the other thing is, is that what people people don't understand how the taxes work. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're appointed people, which is beyond me. There's a lot of things in as far as real estate taxes go in Texas that I'm just like, it floors me. They're appointed people that are called appraisers, but they are not appraisers no. like what we know. No, they're not trained to run comps. They don't know how to make adjustments for that. They're appointed and told, hey, this is what you got. And this is what we're giving you access to and run with it. So some of the justifications that I've seen come back make no sense. Like, Mm -mm. they're not even close to being comparable. And so, first of all, these aren't trained people. Second of all, you're taxed on your market value, not your assessed value, which is the algorithm that the county uses based off of your square footage and your usable land use. Mm -hmm. They're not taxing you on that number. So that number is completely irrelevant as far as what you're looking at when it comes to your taxes. You're taxed on your market value. And most people don't realize that. And it's like, that's what the county is saying. At this point in time, you could sell your house for that. And we're a non-disclosure state. So that's not necessarily at all accurate. Mm -hmm. And then the second tier fold problem is... As much as I love working with my veterans, most of the time they won't dispute their taxes because most of them have disability benefits. So their taxes no, are cut. Matter. And especially the ones that are 100, 100% disabled mm-hmm. never fight their taxes. So when you go to want to sell that house, your house might be completely unsellable because your taxes could be 20 grand when your neighbors are seven because they fought theirs every year. Because it's a 10% cap, but if you don't keep rolling and helping your people are the taxes start over at non-exempt and you're like well now what Mm -hmm. because they were 100% exempt so I'm like I know that you know if you don't come after me candy cook but I know that you're not we can't advise any of our clients we can provide CMAs but I'm telling everybody I'm like fight your taxes just fight them protest them because they've lost their ever living mind like they, you know, they are just making shit up, at least in my territory. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, nothing makes sense. Like there's literally a house, what mine is, a, and I've gone to protest mine. I haven't gotten my date yet, but there's literally a house in my neighborhood that is bigger than mine, has an extra bedroom than mine, that has been active on the market for 48 days. And it is lower than what I was assessed at. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that that right there, we've had an eighteen percent decrease in our in our market, and you're increasing everyone's taxes thirty two to fifty percent. Tell me how please yeah, explain make it make to, sense make it make sense because when you inflated all of our taxes last year because we had a 
crazy selling year, you're not making the adjustment to what the market we're in Mm -hmm. now. Well, and I think some of the issue is because I've had some people that bought in the last couple of years that were from out of state. They didn't understand and they weren't advised that it's non-disclosure in Texas. Mm -hmm. So when the appraisal districts send out the letter right after you close on your home, congratulations on your new home sale. And it's on letterhead saying that they need the details of the transaction. They send it as far as your price that you paid. They're like, oh, okay, well, this is an official county document. They fill it out and send it in. Mm -hmm. So they've just screwed all of their neighbors. Yeah. You know, don't fill that damn format. Yeah, it's great that you felt the need to pay fifty to a hundred thousand over asking for this house, but then you further screwed your neighbors because you filled out the form saying you did that, and that's what the county's using to assess people's values. And it's like, please, people and agents really need to get better about this too. I tell and like understanding clients. I I don't think some agents understand it though. No. They don't, and, and that's the problem. It's and not our job to dispute people's taxes for them. No. And our fiduciary duty is over once we sit that closing table and it funds. But I'm never going to tell my clients, no, I won't run comps for you, but I can't help you in the process. But here's the things that I do when I protest my taxes. I'm careful about who I will run for. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my good clients, absolutely. Yes. But somebody who's not realistic, yes, not really my client... I'm like, no, no, I I just, I'm going to be careful about stamping my name on it. Because at the end of the day, any CMA that comes out of Black Label has my name on it. Yeah. So I don't want anybody coming back and saying, oh, well, they wouldn't adjust my taxes down. So I'm going to come after you for providing me a CMA that didn't work. Right. You know, and people are crazy and always look for somebody to blame. So I'm not going to open myself up to that. No, and I wouldn't provide it to like everybody, but I will do it for my past, like my good past right. clients that have treated me well and, you know, that, you know, we had a great relationship and things like that. But I mean, it is it is hard because the county is using, for as much as we're non-disclosure, the state is still giving them access to, to SOLDS, which is another makes no sense and the corruption is there because they shouldn't have access. If we're non-disclosure, we shouldn't have access, but- it's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but They'll find a way around it. They find a way around it. And so they're getting information, but it's just, it's how does a person that hasn't done real estate and doesn't know, how do they fight that? You know, it's like mm-hmm. they don't always know what to say and what to do and things like that. So there's, you know, so at some point it makes me, it makes people not know how to even go about that process. And because mm-hmm. we can't help them, their only other option then is to go to a real estate attorney to fight it for them. And yeah. And but a lot of real estate attorneys don't have the data either. They don't have the, no, they don't. I mean, the, so they're then coming back on an agent that they work with, right. like, hey, can you provide right. a CMA, basically? Yeah. So, I mean, it it all kind of leads back to us in terms right. of fighting it. But I don't know. It's just when you've got a neighborhood and two-thirds don't bother to fight it and only that one-third does— you're never really going to make a lot of progress. And some of these neighborhoods, I mean, you see some neighborhoods in our area and they went up 30% and then others like right next door went up like five to 10. It doesn't make any sense. No. And I'm like, so you're telling me that these houses appreciated that much faster than the ones across the street? 
like of similar quality construction. It doesn't make any sense. Whatsoever. No. And you go into the to the um, meetings with the appraisal district and they're like, well, what do you think it should be worth? Yeah. And basically they wait for you to tell them what you think your home should be valued at. And then they try to come in between theirs and yours. And I'm right. like, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like this isn't like a super negotiation game. This is a like you prove how you valued and I'll prove how I think it should be valued. Right. And we'll go with like what's more accurate because and in a lot of these areas you can find the same exact floor plan, same house, maybe yes. different color options and they're valued $50,000 apart and you're like it's the same floor plan. It's the same house. Yeah. Same house. Yeah. I mean, you know, that crepe myrtle in the front yard didn't add $50,000. No. So one may be kept better than the other, but not $50,000 worth. No. So I don't know. A lot of builders in my area are not building as big as they were. Like a lot of builders have gone down. So like in their square footage. So you might have houses in that same neighborhood. They've opened a new phase and that phase maxes out at like, say, 2,000 square feet. But the other couple phases have everything that's from 1,500 square feet to 3,000 square feet. And so in that like two to 3,000 range, that's when you're like, you know, what's going to happen to those people's taxes? Mm-hmm. And is it going to make that house then that much harder to sell because that's the biggest house, that they become the biggest, baddest house in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. that you never want the biggest, baddest house no, in the neighborhood. No. So, you know, what's going to happen when... The other phases that are rolling out in these production build neighborhoods or even just custom build neighborhoods, but their builders are having to come back down on their cost. I mean, we all had our heyday. Mm-hmm. Builders knew that they were going to have to come down at some point. And so now to recoup costs, they're building smaller. They're building, they're saying four bedrooms, two baths or four bedrooms, three baths, but the bedrooms are the size of my, like my vacuum closet. Like right. they're tiny. Yeah. Like because eight by 10, you're like. Yeah. Like. Great. Yeah. My dog crates fit in there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're not building it like they were. And so they're coming down in square footage, which, you know, first world problems, right? But at the same time, like when you do that in the same neighborhood, what have you done to those houses that are so much yeah. bigger by just in general, you know, how have you inflated those to the point where they become unsellable or are those going to become the diamonds in the rough? Mm -hmm. And that's still a game that we haven't seen play out yet. Well, and I think the other thing that is playing out now is all these people who bought from builders in the last couple of years or last year. And when you buy from a builder, your estimated taxes are really unknown. Right. So they're getting the sticker shock now of their escrow accounts going way up. I mean, four, five, six hundred dollars per month. Get that lovely letter from your mortgage insurance or your mortgage company. And that's the thing is they're like, okay, so I built the house that I could afford. My wages haven't gone up to support six hundred dollars a month. And now they're having to look at selling. Yep. And nobody is warning them. Like there's so many agents that I feel like are going and they're like, yeah, awesome. Got the commission on this. DR Horton offered five percent on this deal. I'm out. You know, and now people are getting these tax bills and they're like, I can't afford to stay in my house now Yep. with eggs being like $5 a dozen and everything else in the world skyrocketing. Yep. Like that four to $600 is just not possible. No. 
So, you know, why are agents not doing a better job of like, I know your mortgage payment is this right now. Mm -hmm. Your mortgage payment is going to go up. Just estimate $500 next year when that first true property tax bill comes out. Mm -hmm. Like one of my clients is doing that. I told her and she did buy, they bought from a builder, which was fine. But the builder's lender was really good about being like, this is the taxes. You're going to have to pay an extra five, 600 bucks into your escrow because or else you're going to owe at the end of the year. And there's no like, there's no buffer there. It's like, you owe it, you owe it now. Yeah, you owe it right now. And there's no payment plan for that. No, no. it's funny. The government doesn't really like to give you payment plans. No, but so you flood your, you know, you're flooding your account. And so it's, I mean, they were smart that they agreed to do it and they were Mm -hmm. okay with the payment with the increased escrow amount. But I'm just, to me, I'm just like, you guys have to be paying attention. And when I was talking to, when taxes started coming out and I started getting all the calls, like, oh my gosh, my taxes, I called all my lenders and I was like, hey, if we're going under contract, you need to get that tax cert like now because they're not disclosing what the new tax rates are. They're just mm-hmm. telling you well, this is they're estimating. And that is becoming a problem too. So I got a call last week from a client and it was a house that was sold over a million dollars last year. I had the seller and it closed in, I want to say September. <laughs> and I get a call from my seller last week. And she's like, I just got notice from the new buyer that we owe another $4,000 in taxes. Because when they prorated through title, the numbers were not correct. And so they just had to pay the buyer $4,000 more for the 2022 taxes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and they asked, they're like, do we have to do this? I'm like, yeah, you signed in the closing disclosures and everything that if there's any shortages that you'll work with them to get it done and that these were estimates and, you know, so, I mean, your tax certificate, everything was off by $4,000. That's wild. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's starting to happen now, I can just imagine how much more it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we're in that flux time because we're, it's all fiscal year, which is also hard for people to understand. It's October to October. It's not January to Mm -hmm. January. Like it's, so we're in that flux time. And until they settle, until all of these disputes and everything else is settled, they're not releasing tax rates. So you're just assuming. Yeah. They just released ours. They have not released McLennan counties yet. So it's like, yeah, they just released ours this week. It's ugly. And so it's going to be very interesting Mm -hmm. to see what the difference is are going to be actually in people's like taxes. Cause one person she's uh, reached out to me and she was asking me and she says, well, I reached out to my friend that works for, it's not her appraisal district. It's a different one. They said, oh, well, you're going to have to bring your assessed value under this number. And I said, that assessed value means nothing because you're not getting taxed on that. She goes, well, that's, she told me I'm paying my tax dollars towards that. And I was like, then that person should be fired because they were for the appraisal district and they don't even understand how taxes work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because simple math tells you if you take the tax rate from last year and multiply it times your market value, that's your tax amount. So it's fascinating to me. 